0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the JumboCast podcast. I'm Andrew Howe, and I'm joined here by a very special guest, Adi Palparik. Uh, so, typically, uh, JumboCast covers the Tufts University sports games, but due to these extenuating circumstances of COVID nineteen, we haven't really been able to, you know, commentate the sports that we really wanted to. So, as a bit of a change in pace here for JumboCast, for the first time ever, we're actually covering esports, and Adi. Uh, you've been commentating a lot of these games with me. You want to kind of run me through what we've been doing?
1: Yeah, so uh, the game that uh, the Tufts team has been playing is a game called League of Legends, and uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, League of Legends is a 5v5 multi multiplayer online battle arena. Essentially, there are two teams of five, um, each each side has three lanes and in those lanes they have towers those towers protect a base and the goal of the game is to you know destroy the other team's base uh games usually take around like 20 to 40 minutes long uh, yeah it's uh pretty intense and uh the league the uh tufts team has been playing in is something called a csl uh Basically, they played a season where they ended up third, I think, in their uh, division. And uh, now they're moving on to the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and so we've been covering the Tufts League of Legends team for the last couple of months. Uh, me and Adi, as well as some other special guests, have been tuning in, commentating on the certain games. And it's been a whole lot of fun. And we hope that this can really provide uh, JumboCast the outlet of... of kind of athletics and sports that we're not really able to have here currently just due to the current pandemic going on and so adi we got a few special interviews lined up you want to kind of run us down who we're talking to
1: yeah i do believe we have an interview with the jungler and the captain of the team um aaron with his in-game name being mourn and then uh after that i think we also have an interview with uh jen i think we also have uh one more interview is that correct, Andrew?
0: Yeah, so we have uh, Morn and Jan, who are two members of the team, had some great conversations with them, me and Adi. And then we finally have our very own Henry Stahl sitting down and talking to two of the coaches, Brent and um, Alan. So that was a whole lot of fun. And either way, yeah, super excited for you guys to see the episode. And um, yeah, make sure to stay tuned. I'm sure there's a lot of really great stories in here that are really actually pretty similar to traditional sports. And this is really... This podcast is, is really like a great guide into the world of esports if anyone is really looking to get into that. So, we really appreciate you all tuning in. We hope you enjoy the show. And after that, make sure to tune in this weekend to watch the Tufts League of Legends team play as well. We'll see you at the end. Hey guys, it's Andrew Howe here. We're here at the Jumbo Cast podcast. And I got a special guest here today. We've got Aaron Hamburg, also known as Morn. And he is the jungler for the Tufts League of Legends team, also the captain. Currently a sophomore here on campus, Aaron. How are you doing today?
2: Uh, I'm doing pr- pretty well. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm doing good, and I want to thank you so much for you know all the time that you kind of put out here to to settle here in here for this interview. Um, and yeah, so Aaron, you're you're kind of the leader here of the tough League of Legends team, which is uh, one of the only forms of sports that we're really covering here on Jumbocast. Uh But before we really get into uh, the, the more technical things in-game. I kind of want to know a little bit more about you. I, I'm sure the viewers would love kind of have a bit of a story behind that the in-game name, behind whatever character that you're playing on the screen. So um, did you want to kind of give us a bit of a rundown of uh, how you started off playing video games? Or uh, do you have any experience with other sports and things like that?
2: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I was very much a sports kid when I was younger. I, believe, I think it's, it's kind of hard to believe... Uh, Knowing me now, because I'm not not the most active person anymore. But I, I was really into soccer. I played a few years of basketball and baseball, baseball growing up. Uh, and I played a lot of a lot of video games too. But it was all very casual, like flash games and uh, like I think I played like Club Penguin a lot. And that you know that 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 kind of lane. And then eventually, I got dragged into playing Minecraft. And I think that was what what really got me into. Gaming, Um, and I think how I started with League was that one of the I I had made a friend online playing Minecraft, and he convinced me to try out League with him. And he, you know, he dragged me in, and I had no idea what was happening. Uh, And somehow, I I really got into the game, and that was about it was in 2013, so like seven years ago, which is crazy thinking back on. Uh, but I mean, I think I think from there, you know, I. I started off really playing very casually, and then as I got more into it, I played more and more on my own. Uh, and I started watching streamers to try to kind of get better at the game. Um, but I, I don't think I had, you know, a an easy time with with improvement. I know there are some people who who come and immediately hit diamond on their first or second season, right? It took me six years to hit diamond for the first time, or maybe maybe five. So, but but you know, it was it was steady improvement. Um, but I like I you know I, I just really enjoy the game and I really enjoy learning more about it. So it was kind of always it's always I've always been getting better and and learning more about the game. Uh, you asked about the the username as well. Yeah, I think more. That came oh yeah, from... sure. Is there any um
0: Is there any explanation behind that name existing? Because it doesn't really sound like you're you're a real name.
2: No, uh, I th- I think it came. Honestly, I, I don't quite remember. I think it came from d and D character. Actually, I think I I had a character with a, a really dumb name. I think I had combined the names of everyone on my in my group, uh, including someone named Morgan, uh, all into one name, and it got shortened to Morgan. And I was and 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 I had some some. Cr- name from when i was a lot younger right and i didn't when i when i started playing league in high school i was like you know what i, I need to change this and i was like you know what morin's cool we'll stick with that <laughs> nice, nice. I, I think that was what happened
0: yeah super cool but um morin or aaron whatever you want to say um you were talking about how you really practiced a lot and got to a high rating in league of legends you got to the diamond rating which is you know, pretty high is probably like the top 1% of players, maybe a little bit less even. But uh, you also mentioned how you have some uh, other experiences with uh, sports. Was that more competitive or more casual?
2: Uh, well, I played on the soccer team in my my elementary middle school, I think through like seventh grade. Uh, and then I got an injury in eighth grade, and that was kind of the end of that. Um and then I also played. I, I played on the the basketball team very briefly, and I played on the, a baseball team outside of school for a couple years. Um, I didn't do anything in high school; it was all when I was younger. Um, but I, I have a little bit of competitive experience, and it's all it was always something that I enjoyed. Um, but I, I, I think uh, as I got more into to gaming and some other things, it kind of faded away. Okay, interesting. So adding on, so
0: just kind of adding on to that. Um, now where you're playing an eSport, you're playing collegiate eSports um, here at the Tufts University League of Legends team. Is there any is there anything that you really learned from your traditional sports competitive experience? And have you really, have you applied any of those lessons here to eSports? Because a lot of people kind of consider eSports to not be like a real sport or what do you, what are your opinions on that?
2: That's a great question. I think the the biggest thing that i would think about and i i honestly i i think this is somewhat topical in the league the league world right now is i think sp- sportsmanship is a really big piece from that that was extremely important in like traditional sports i i know it was always really stressed that you needed to be a good sportsperson uh when when you're playing on a team like in in soccer or baseball or anything like that right yeah um but i i i think there's this sense in league sometimes that You know, it's, it's not in person. It's not a, it's not a traditional sport. So there's this sense that you don't need to have the same level of sportsmanship, but I, I really have felt that it's important to come in with the same expectations that you would have for, for a traditional sport. And I really try to be a good sports person when I'm playing and I try to make sure that my team is, you know, they're, they're not trash talking or anything. I want, I want, I want the team to reflect well, uh, and, and be a good example for, for what, you know, an esports team should look like um and I, I think that's something that i really did get from traditional sports
0: nice uh, i really i really like the connections there so i know you've been playing league for a while and i know esports in league of legends particularly have been going on for now 11 years but you, you came into to tufts last year and uh, there was no club or, or anything really relating to to league um so i like do you want to kind of give us a bit of an explanation of how you started off the club and kind of what were your, some of your activities that you did last year?
2: Yeah, so I think when I was coming into college, I really wanted to do competitive eSports, and it it wasn't so much that like I want to go like I, i'm not, I'm not so interested in in becoming a professional player after college or anything like that, but it for me, you know, I, I find competitive eSports really fun, and I think there it was a, a really good way to meet people. Uh, which was something that I, I think, was <laughs> really trying to get as many outlets as possible for yeah. uh, coming into college. Um, but so, you, you know, there, we had like a club fair at the start of the uh, the year. And I went up to the Gaming Hub people and asked about League. And he said, oh, we used to have a League team, but not anymore. Uh, and so my friend uh, Alan and I uh, just decided, hey, what if we go up to him and say, hey, can we just start a team? Uh, and he, uh, uh, Teddy, who was the Gaming Hub president at the time, was totally on board uh, and gave us his full support. And we went and made a forum and and published it all over the Gaming Hub and 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 whatnot. And we ended up getting a whole bunch of people together that way. Uh, and it kind of just exploded from there. We've really been trying to bring in people from different communities and get uh, like a a big kind of Tufts League community together from both. Actual people who go to Tufts and you know friends and people from other colleges. and I think it's it's worked out really well so far,
0: yeah. And, and the Tufts league community is more than just like the competitive scene, obviously. Um just seeing like the discord servers and stuff. There's always calls to do some in-houses and just playing some Arams and talking about the game and stuff like that, which I think is really cool. But shifting a little bit more to the competitive aspect, um, what kind of differences are there in your like practice preparation? Uh, this year versus last year? Because I know last year, uh, at least for the beginning of it, there there wasn't this whole pandemic situation that was really going around.
2: So I mean, last year, basically how we were doing things, we had we had a smaller group first off. And we only had one consistent team who was, who was playing. We had our A team. And then we had a few other people who uh, were were sort of subs and also B team if we could find enough people to play, to, to sign them up for things. Um, but generally, what we did was we 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 would do occasional uh, scrims or, or just you know practice practice games. Um, but but for the most part, what we did was we'd play our matches and then we would go and review the matches. Uh, and uh, a I guess he was a junior last year uh, who lived off campus offered to let us come and uh, use his use his off campus house as a place to do review. So we would all go pile onto his couch and. And pull up our pull up our replays from our games and and go over and try to try to make or like make improvements and figure out where we went wrong and different things like that um it, it's been somewhat different this year for sure um but honestly you know I think esports is really it's 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 adaptive for sure because we you know like it, it was great to be in person and be able to point at the screen and and do whatever while we were reviewing but we can all we can always do it online as well. So we've been doing a lot of review online. Uh, we've been practicing actually more than we were last year, um, and for the most part, things have just kind of been going smoothly. Um, the the biggest difference, honestly, has just been the number of people we have, um, and I'm not sure how much of that is related to COVID and how much of it is just related to the fact that you know we got to add on to the people who we already had after last year. But we have, I think, somewhere between five and ten more consistent members uh for the for the competitive side so we have a lot more involvement when it comes to review and practice and that kind of thing
0: nice that's really cool and it's interesting to see it's interesting your point is really interesting about how different how different things are from last year to this year because a lot of times people might think oh yeah they're just like sitting at their computers anyway there definitely was a bit more of a personalized aspect um that happened probably with the team last year but i'm glad to hear that it's definitely working still as this year and that's also why uh we're here to, to continue to try and publicize this as a sport that's still able to happen uh during during uh times of no contact during quarantine and things like that um so shifting a little bit more to kind of what you're doing nowadays obviously um what kind of is the team dynamic like i mean i know you're like the captain or, or like the team leader so like what are your roles? And and kind of, if you wanted to describe like the roles of some of your teammates as well, some of the coaches even, that would
2: be cool. So I guess starting with my role on the team, uh, I think it's changed a little bit because last year I was a player, but I was also kind of just coaching for the team. Because um, I, you know, generally I, I've been the most experienced player when it comes to like team play. Um, and so so I was doing a lot of, coaching for the team and I was doing all of the like organization when it came to signing us up for things and uh, talking with other coordinators and all that kind of stuff. Um, And whereas this year we have uh, Alan and Brent uh, who Alan was helping me coordinate last year and Brent was a player last year. Um, They they both have swapped over to coaching and organization positions this year. Um, So they've been more on top of, you know actually working with the teams and planning and and helping people review and that kind of stuff. Um whereas this year I think my my role has shifted more to trying to be a leader in game uh when it comes to, you know, making sure that everyone is focused and and that we're we're on the same page about what's going on in the game and you know, if if people are kind of struggling or if they're they're feeling frustrated, I'll try to handle that as best as I can during the game and then and then kind of talk with the coaches about it to make sure that they're on the same page as I am about what's going on afterwards. Um so so I mean really my my role more than anything is just to, you know, be be the the connection between the coaches and the players uh, and to just keep an eye on wh- what's what's going on with everyone else. Uh I guess a little more on the gameplay side I also tend to be the shot caller for the team, um, which uh, if if it's unclear what that is, generally, it, my my job is also to call out what what thing we should be going for, like what the play is on the map that we should be trying to do. And then in fights, like, should we be going for this particular target? should when do we need to switch to this other thing? like that th- that kind of stuff is all also yeah. usually stuff that I handle during the game,
0: nice. yeah, super cool. And I know that you don't necessarily only have a role here at Tufts University. Um, but also Aaron, you, you also have been kind of dabbling your, your feet, dipping your feet into the waters of what is the professional scene here in league of legends. Um, I know that you're currently a member of the striking vipers, which is. Uh, a team that has been participating in the local, in the amateur leagues here in the North American league of legends scene. Uh, for those of you who don't really know uh, too much about that, uh, essentially Aaron is in the equivalent of like a double a. Team in baseball. and um he's been playing in some matches i know you've been playing um matches in in both upsurge and risen champions league which are both super high level competitive leagues uh, which have people that used to be professionals or people that will be professionals in a couple of years and i know that's definitely a bit of a different experience than what you've been doing here at tufts so if you wanted to explain and describe that a little bit more it'd be interesting to kind of get a little bit of a light into that and how it really compares to the collegiate experience
2: yeah, I think so so I got into it. Um I, I had kind of an odd situation over the summer, uh, where my family was moving. Uh and I didn't know when we were moving, and I didn't know when I was gonna be in uh, you know, the city where I lived before and when I was gonna be in the new city, right? And so I didn't really feel like I had I could could like commit to anything over the summer or anything in person at least. Um you know, on top of that, we had COVID, which which made the whole situation even more complicated. And, so, and yeah. so I figured, you know what, let me just sign up for an amateur team for League and, you know, I'll I'll play over the summer and it'll be fun. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I ended up finding this team, Striking Vipers, which uh, I, I didn't actually know at the time, but it turned out they were a very new organization. I came in like three weeks in to their first tournament. Oh, wow. Um, And you know we had some ups and downs but overall i really enjoyed it and i learned a lot about the game um and it was really fun because you know i th- i think in collegiate uh t- teams like like tufts that are not varsity programs yeah tend to have a really big range of like commitment levels and interests because you know it, you know we we we're not going here to do league we're com- coming here to go to school right and so you're going to you're going to get a really wide range of players at at anywhere like here um where you'll you'll get some people who are really committed and want to spend a lot of time practicing and whatever and you know, you'll get other people who just kind of want to play the matches and have fun and and both of those are super fine um but in amateur you know it's the, the people who are doing it tend to be the people who are really committed and and want to put lots of time in and really want to improve themselves um which which turned out to be a really great experience. Uh and so we we were pl- I've been playing with this team since the start of the summer, and all of a sudden things just kind of exploded. Uh and we managed to get into I guess it's the open qualifiers for this this Proving Grounds tournament. And the idea is the Proving Grounds tournaments are riot games sponsored tournaments that lead eventually to i think playing against academy teams which is like yeah. one step below professional play mm-hmm. and we so apparently the our owner when he was signing signing us up for this tournament uh was told by the the person he was talking to to sign us up are you sure that you want to do this because your team is extremely under like they 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 seem like they will be huge underdogs basically um and we were we were coming into the tournament no one expected us to do well at all um, but we totally just stomped through the uh, the qualifiers, and we we won our group in qualifiers, and we that kind of got us invited to a bunch of other leagues um, that have been really great experiences because we've been playing against players who I like I'd been watching play professionally, and I never <laughs> expected to get to play against them, and I'm just casually playing against them in a tournament, um, which is it's just totally mind blowing, honestly, that we got to this point, uh, especially from just playing in like diamond level teams. Or diamond level leagues, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a great experience. I think I think playing amateur is something that is really easy to get into, surprisingly, and like you get it's it's very rewarding as long as you are willing to put the time in. That that's been my experience. I think.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. I know I've been keeping track, kind of, on the production side of things and watching striking vipers and especially like you guys. Um, Kind of climbed through the ranks. I remember I was actually um, commentating over the game where you guys finished the qualification into the risen into risen champions, and I remember Theona Rob and and some other people that were in the in the chat were really just so excited, and it was such a great moment for them. And yeah, it's really cool to see you taking that, that additional step on top of what you're doing here. But right now we're not really talking about that right as much because the Collegiate Star League playoffs are coming up this week and i while striking vipers is a super great organization and right now uh, I'm, I'm assuming some more of your focus is, is kind of on on the tufts team because you got some big matches coming up um we don't at the time of recording this podcast we don't actually know the the opponent um, so far because of a couple of delays due to some snowstorms but aaron um, either way kind of what has your experience been like um playing against some of these collegiate teams and and thoughts, some of your thoughts on like some champions and and the play style that you have as a jungler currently.
2: So, I think I think Collegiate is definitely not. I think I think it's probably one or two steps down from kind of the you know upsurge risen tournaments that I've been playing in an amateur. But I think that the matches are still really uh, a lot of them are very very challenging, and I think a lot of teams are really. Uh, I guess I would say scrappy almost with the way they use their talent cuz I think on paper our our team should be just better than than almost every team we've played. Um but I've been really surprised with how well some of these teams have played and used their their talents to make make things work. Um so I I think I'm definitely going into playoffs with the expectation that we're going to have hard matches most, if not every week, um, and I think we're absolutely capable of making it far through playoffs. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen the bracket yet, obviously, so I'm not entirely sure, uh, you know, you know what to expect. But I, I think if we, you know, if we're on if we're on top of things and we are using our strengths well and we're we're playing around our players, I think we can go very far. But I also think that you know every other school is is in the same position um so i I think it'll be i think i think it's gonna be really interesting for sure um and i i honestly have no clue how it's gonna go (laughs) well we're all
0: gonna be really excited to see it um before we go more and i'm not trying to leak any of your secret strategies or anything but is there any couple of champions that you know we could maybe expect to see you pull out here in the next couple of rounds
2: I mean, b- based on what you've already seen me play, I think I think the Lilia is definitely coming back. I think Udyr is probably coming back. That champion is ridiculous right now. Hey, um, beyond that, I th- I think I've got some some big pocket picks that that will come out occasionally. Um, like I think usually my Elise, for example, gets banned out, but I think there there are going to be some games where it doesn't, and that might that might show up uh which is which is always fun. um, but I don't know. i think I think you've probably seen a lot of al- already seen a lot of the stuff that I'm gonna play, but I th- hopefully there will be at least a few uh a few surprises and a few spicy picks coming out. All right,
0: nice. there's It's good that you're not really mentioning them because i I can just imagine <laughs> in my head some of the opposing teams, you know, watching this, taking some notes, some extra scouting. but um more news, definitely. Uh, a really great time talking to you. Uh, thank you so much for, for, really, for taking the time out of your day to, to do this. And for everyone else here that's watching, you should definitely make sure to, to watch Morn and the rest of the tough league team play this Saturday in a best of one against an opponent that will be named some other time in the podcast because we're recording this segment a little bit early. But Aaron, thank you so much for coming to talk to me again. And we're going to send it off to the next segment of this special JumboCast podcast episode.
1: Uh, what's up, Jen? Uh, I'm happy to, or really happy that you decided to, you know, come and talk to us a little bit before your guys's uh, first big game on Saturday. Um, you know, you guys had you guys had to come back after like, uh, you know, after the winter break with a decently long win streak, you know, to secure that playoffs. So, do you want to like, you know, walk me through that experience a little bit? You know, uh, give me an insight on that road to playoffs.
3: Yeah, sure. Um, thanks for having me, by the way, Adi. Uh, I've been very, very eager to do something like this, and uh, I'm honored that you've chosen me to be one of the people that you've decided to interview. Well, um, to put it you know, in, in a concise manner, uh, we didn't start off very well at all. Like, uh, We lost to some of the weaker teams uh, in the bracket. We actually had a loss against Brandeis, uh, and they pretty much like ended up at the bottom of the bracket. Um, but I believe all of those losses at the start uh, were just kind of us getting to understand how each of us played. Um, because, I, I don't know, I was a new sort of addition to the roster as I'm, you know, this is my first year here, uh, and uh, Joseph was previously playing ADC, so there were a lot of, like, you know, champion pool issues and, in general, just, like, team play issues where <clears throat> we weren't exactly on the same page and we'd just, like, going in and we'd get tilted, like, mentally, like, mentally. Like at the start of the year, we were in a very different place to the way that we're playing right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd say that our our mental fortitude has definitely increased since then. Like we used to like lose the first game and then just get like super duper tilted, and there was just like nothing we could do to get off of that. So like winning the first, we had to either win the first game, or you know if we didn't win the first game, we had to really like try and pull our minds out of like uh, the pit basically. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know all of these issues at the start have been largely ironed out. Uh, I think, yeah, as you said, we really had a turnaround during the uh, sort of uh, after the winter break. We had a very, very sort of seminal game against lilac where um we we came so close to victory. Uh, but there were just like these kinks that we needed to work out. Like we were just not taking them seriously. Like, I don't know if you saw the clip, but, you know, Theo was like teleporting under turret and then he like died. And then there was yeah, also a lot yeah, of right. other I players that we one. did. Yeah, where we're just, like, everything just kind of went to shit because we weren't properly playing the game. And I said to Aaron, I remember saying this very clearly, I said, I think, like, this game is going to be such a big turning point for our team. Like, now we realize that, you know, we can win, but we have to, like, seriously be concentrated and, and focused on the game ahead. And I think, like, th- there's a really big sort of culture of, like, Sometimes just for funning it, and, and and like you know we're trying to get rid of that, <laughs> I guess. And so that lilac game was, I think, what caused us to have that win streak towards the end. Uh, and and I always made it very, very, very clear that we needed to win the Marist game. Like that was the biggest thing. I was like, guys, we must win against Marist if we even want a chance at playoffs. And so you know, I guess all of that sort of mental conditioning going into it. Uh, allowed us to get into the mental state possible for us to take away all of those games and uh, you know what now we're in playoffs so can't be happier about what's transpired i guess
1: and obviously really good job you know uh, working on those kinks you know and you guys got that playoff spot so obviously you guys did a pretty good job of you know ironing stuff out and uh, now, now that you've like you know got that spot how are you guys feeling what's the general feeling amongst the team
3: well, I think we're going into it thinking that, you know, we can get pretty far. Um, mm-hmm. We're all thinking, you know, guys, like, if we play seriously, you know, we can accomplish a lot as a team. But a lot of it is just, like, we're just worried, um, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. we, we know that we have the potential to do well. But there's also the potential to just grief the first game and then grief the second, you know, BO3. And then that's it, we're out, right? So it's there's a lot of, like, um, pressure, I guess. Uh, on us because you know we can be just eliminated in a really short sort of window of time Uh, especially since we've got like this problem where we get picked off picked off a lot like um, we just like stay where we're not supposed to stay and we just you know die and then you know even though we're winning early game really hard because mechanically we're better um, we just end up throwing away our leads way too easily so it's just kind of like uh, a general sense of like looking forward to it, but also really worrying uh, about whether we'll just like get picked off every single game like we have during scrims and at the start of the season. And, you know, it's kind of been a repeating issue. So we're just trying to see if we can work out these these last few, you know, real game breakers before we go into playoffs. And I think everything is going to hinge on wh- whether or not we can eliminate them, I guess. That's, that's kind yeah. of true.
1: Mm-hmm. You actually touched on another thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, this week, we have kind of a weird format for the games. You guys got a best of one and then uh, a best of three. And uh, yeah, what, what do you guys, what is just like your first reaction to like this new weird kind of schedule? And how do you think it's going to like affect you guys's play?
3: I thought it was hella scuffed, um, honestly, because I, I saw it and we were like, okay, so we're doing a best of one and then we're doing another best of one, right? I said, no, um, we're doing a best of one, then we're doing a best of three. And I said, so we lose that first best of one, what happens? He's like, oh, you go straight into the loser's bracket. So it's like, you know, like really high pressure. So we lose that one game, right? Like it mi- becomes extremely hard for us to climb back up because then we have to knock our way through the entire loser's bracket. And, like, that that just does not sit right with me. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's just, like, <clears throat> the pressure's on, basically. But I think uh, I joked that we have, like, a, a BO1 buff. Because what always seems to happen is that either... There was only one time where we lost, like, two games in a row at the start, just completely knocked out, right? Most of the time, what happens is that we win the first game, and we get really cocky about it. So that when we go into the second game, we lose, and then we get tilted, and then we lose the third game, if we do lose. But if we yeah. want to win, if we do win, then we just, like, we win two games in a row. So it's mm-hmm. like, we don't we don't often lose the first game. The only one where we lost the first game, I believe, was against Marist. Could have been Marist. Yeah, maybe Marist or Lilac. I don't remember. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't typically lose the first game. So I'm not too worried about it. But then again, this team did go 10-0 and in their bracket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it could be kind of bad.
1: But, um, you know,
3: I think that as long as we keep our wits about us, we'll be fine.
1: Yeah, and you guys have also had uh, a little bit of time. I think about a couple of weeks since your um, last game. Maybe, it's, maybe it's a little more than two weeks, but uh, yeah, you've had a little bit of time off uh, after that last game uh, before you know the playoffs are starting. And uh, you know, what are some things you guys have been working on to you know prepare for this game?
3: Um, we've just been. The coaches have been trying to figure out what champions are and aren't playable anymore. So. Uh, we've kind of just decided that Samira is just bad, full stop. Like, either mm-hmm. she stomps early game and, like, kind of gets outscaled late, uh, or you just, like, straight up go in uh, expecting to stomp lane, get outplayed, like, lose your early game lead or don't have one in the first place, and then they run over you in the late game because you're playing Samira, or they pick a bunch of tanks. Mm-hmm. So we just decided that Samira is just way too counterable and there's no way you can play her, especially with the new nerfs. Like, the new nerfs completely gut Samira. I don't know if you've seen them, but, like... You can't yeah, have yeah. allies anymore. They added a cooldown, a larger cooldown on her ultimate. Like, she was actually in a pretty, like, balanced state, I would say. Like, she's annoying to play against, but balanced. Um, mm-hmm. And they just completely just gutted her and made sure you couldn't play her. So, they knocked that one out of the park. Um, in terms of, like, champions, we're trying to, like, expand our champion pools. Like, I've been playing some Zaya. I've been playing um, some Senna, I guess. And, mm-hmm. you know. Joseph has obviously been putting some games in on Senna, but that's not really what we want. We've put him on, like, Rell, uh, Galio, um, God forbid the Alistair. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Joseph's Alistair, but, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of familiar. Uh, but yeah, yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, kind of increase the support champion pool a little bit. Uh, and we're trying to figure out what works best for Will as a mid laner, um, because we find that if you don't put him on a champion that he feels comfortable with, um, you know, there are just adverse effects that happen down the line. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've just kind of realized that we have to prioritize certain people's picks in the pick order, or else um, we just end up getting, you know, kind of kind of whooped. Like, I mean, right, right. Uh, yeah, I guess that's
1: probably it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, the champions definitely are a big thing to focus on, you know, especially with like that big season eleven. And you know, obviously, you're an ADC main, have been for quite a while playing ADC. On this Tufts roster, uh, do you want to just like speak a little bit as an ADC player, how do you think the role has changed in the past few months, like as we've gone into season eleven, and, you know, what the current state of it is?
3: I really don't like what they did to the ADC role. I mean, like all <laughs> of the mythics and and, and stuff. Ah oh, my God. like there was this whole the the whole Gale force craze, the, you know, all of the like some champions, like without a good mythics for them. and then just like people who, had like pretty solid build paths for them before, like I don't know, um, let's say you know Twitch and stuff like that were not really viable towards like the start of the season before they received all the puffs and stuff. I just feel like I've only I've been playing a total of like three different champions this entire season, <laughs> like Felios, um, Vayne, uh, and at one point Samira at the start when they didn't nerf her life steal. I just yeah, feel like yeah. they really gutted the versatility, the sort of the, the variability in the bot lane, I guess. Like, now now a a certain pool of ADCs is viable, and if you pick anyone else, you're kind of trolling. That's what it kind of feels like. Like, why would you pick Ashe if you could pick Aphelios, or Kaisa, or Ezreal, or Senna? Like, there just simply isn't... There aren't good reasons to pick certain ADCs, and so they're not seeing much play. Um, And just, like, some of the champions are just so infuriating to play with. Play against because of the new items. Like, uh, mm-hmm. let's just talk about friggin' uh, Samira is probably the biggest offender because, like, her with shield bow before they nerfed her life steal was just insane to deal again, deal with. Um, so I played it a lot. I abused it. I'm not afraid to, ashamed <laughs> or afraid to admit it. Um, but yeah, stuff like Jin with Gale Force before they nerfed, uh, the holding, <laughs> that was disgusting. Um, still probably is. Like, I don't know. Like all of these. Sort of strategies popping up surrounding these new overpowered items just kind of pushed certain ADCs out of relevancy and made it kind of trolling to pick anything else. I guess, uh, and, yeah. and that's kind of like how I feel. I mean, I, I just want to be able to play what I want to play. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you know, these champions not being viable limits my options. I guess, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. ADC has gone through a lot, but uh, you know, while they may not have a lot of uh, diversity in the you know top tier ADC meta pool, um, one problem that yeah, people have often complained about with ADC is you know like not having a lot of agency, especially in the last like year or two. Do you think that's like that at least has like change for the few ADCs that are meta, and maybe does that mean you're gonna like prioritize around that bot lane a little more? Uh. <laughs>
3: Well, in solo queue, the uh, outlook is as dismal as always. Uh, you know, fed, bruisers and assassins will almost always do things uh, better, carry, be able to carry games better, basically. Other, uh, mm-hmm. you know, compared to ADCs, especially if you don't have a support duo. Um, I think in our team, we're kind of flexible as to like which lanes we can play to. Sometimes we will uh, set me up with like Aphelios and bot, and we'll play a comp around me. Or we might play Camille top, and you know we'll play like a safe, you know, weak side bot lane. So I feel like in the context of the team, it's not really that much of a problem uh, because you know we can obviously go back and forth between playing weak side and strong side. Um, but in solo queue, it's just plain almost impossible to carry a game as ADC. I think like like you don't really feel like you have much agency like in a team setting. Um, sure, I individually don't have much agency, but if my jungler and support come and play with me and my top laner is geared to help me, then obviously I do have a lot of agency because I just move around and death ball people with my superior damage. Uh, but mm-hmm. if we're talking about the context of solo queue, obviously not. Like, agency still sucks. Like, I could be 8 0 in Bane and <laughs> the um, Zed could press a couple of buttons on me and I would explode.
1: Yeah. 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 Alright, well, um, moving past, uh, you know, the whole uh, champion pool things and uh, trying to be a little more broad just going into this, you know, going into Saturday going into the playoffs, what was one thing you guys were like, a little worried about, you know, just as a team as like, other, against other teams, you know, just one thing you guys are worried about.
3: Well, champion pools are probably our biggest worry but if. Like from our scouting, it turns out that three of the players on the team that we're playing don't play on their main accounts. Either mm-hmm. that, or they just don't play League. They haven't played League of Legends since preseason. <laughs> um, and like we 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 don't think that's the case, obviously. Uh, so, um, not having games on the enemy team makes it harder to scout, and like we really don't know what we're up against. We haven't been able to judge like the power level. Uh, except for the Masters uh, Riven Irelia two trick top lane, so that's that's our that's our ban basically. But we have no idea what the other guys are up to. To be completely yeah. honest, so I guess that that's the thing that worries us the most: inaccurate scouting. Then again, we are um, kind of in the same we. we we are the perpetuators of the same problem. Uh, oh, yeah. I know you don't have really many accounts. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of hypocritical for me to be complaining, but then again, it is still bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, you know, uh, pair with that, try to end this off on a you know positive note. Give us something to look forward to on Saturday. What is one thing you guys are you know confident in? You know, something that you guys think you've worked on a lot, something you think will, like, show really strong on Saturday?
3: I think our team fighting is kind of nutty. You know, when we make plays, we're pretty decisive. We fight a bit too much, but um, in terms of like actually taking fights, uh, you know, I feel like our positioning and and sort of communication surrounding fights is really really good. Uh, We've definitely been working on it. We used to be I used to be very quiet um in in team comms i know it's hard to believe but yes it used to be very quiet uh probably owing to the fact that you know i i just didn't know aaron and uh you know theo and joseph and will and you know i was really awkward and didn't want to say something and then like get immediately slammed afterwards for it Mm -hmm. but i think as we have grown closer as a team uh we're better at making like team fight plays and, and stuff like that i remember there was a there was a like a crash course that aaron gave like okay these are the words we're going to use when we're talking about engaging <laughs> there's go back uh there's like good winning bad losing like win it win it win it lose it lose <laughs> it. like you know we just get yeah, yeah. a bunch of lingo <laughs> and uh yeah we've been applying it so i guess uh, our communication fights is pretty damn good uh, I, I really wish we could, like, do something like, uh we could record all the team comms or something, and then we could send it to you guys, and afterwards you could put together, like, a highlight reel or something. Yeah,
1: so. I think there is something we definitely are working on. Uh, I know we at least have the VODs from a couple of um, couple of the, uh, you know, a couple of the last games, and uh, we might be able to, you know, make something of that. I know uh, Andrew had made some sort of a highlight reel, you know, at least to, you know, show off uh, your guys' fights and, you know, his casting of those fights and stuff like that. So there may be something like that uh, coming up, but uh, regardless, uh, Jen, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming in, you know, for this interview. It's, um, I mean, obviously if you guys think, you won't really know, but it's about midnight. So (laughs) 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 thank you so much for uh, coming and doing this with me. Um, Yeah. I'm really excited to see your game on Saturday. Uh, Yeah. I don't know when this is going to be shown but um unless if in the off chance it's not being shown during the uh during the stream 12 o'clock eastern or three o'clock eastern sorry used to be from the west coast three o'clock eastern on saturday uh first playoff game for tufts um make sure to tune in again thank you so much jen and um yeah
3: thanks for having me adi
4: Hello, I'm Henry Stoll, and I'm joined by Alan Luck and Brent Chung, the coaches for the Tufts League of Legends team. Uh, Alan, how are you doing?
5: I'm doing all right. Um, playoffs are coming up, and my coursework is starting to get a bit harder, so I'm a little bit like stressed nowadays, but I'm keeping up all right.
4: Understandable, that student-athlete life. And Brent,
5: how about you?
6: Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Um, You know, we've been scrimmaging very uh, hard, and uh, we like what we're seeing going into playoffs.
4: Okay, perfect. And I'm glad you mentioned scrimmaging uh, because are you ramping up the sort of intens- intensity uh, that you've had throughout this whole three or four month season, or have you been kind of grinding this entire time? Um, So...
5: Uh,
6: obviously, with playoffs, we want to ramp our players up a bit. So we have increased the amount of scrims that we've had uh, this week. Um, there's, a, there's another reason to it, more specific to a League. There's been a big uh, shift in how the game is actually played. And so we want to adjust to that um, change that has just happened. So we want to be more experimental in a lot of our scrimmages. So that it also factors into why we're uh, scrimmaging more nowadays.
4: Okay, perfect. Keeping up with the meta, I like it. Uh, and how often would you say you would practice in a given week?
5: Um, usually, in a week, it's like one block, and block meaning like two or three games of like team scrims, and then the players play a lot on their own outside of that. So it's a lot of it's a mix of like team practice and individual practice.
4: Nice. And uh, you've had 10 games this season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, have you seen any uh, big competitors that you're that you're looking out for now that you're facing them potentially in the later playoff rounds?
6: Um, well, how our league worked was we were in our own division and now we're playing against uh, people from other, the winners of other divisions. And so we haven't had the opportunity to scout out our opponents as well um as we have liked to we've only been able to see the the other two teams who qualified from our division um for both of our teams uh so um we while we do see the talent in our own division we have not had the opportunity to see it outside of our division
5: yeah i will say though the other two teams in our division are both nyu teams and they both look super good so
6: completely agreed
4: all right, definitely going to look out for them. Though.
5: But uh, the one team
4: I know you're definitely preparing for is UMBC, who you're facing tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, are you doing any special prep for that? Do you have any film or any insider info? Um.
6: So um, I guess, unlike other sports, I, I it's a lot harder to get access to film of other teams because it's all uh, private. Um, And uh, teams do their own, they do a decent job of of trying to hide what strategies they're going to pull out. And so all we can really see are the public games that they have played. So the history, like the match histories of like what they've been playing recently. So we can kind of get a good idea of what a certain person's strengths and weaknesses are. And we can try to um, exploit those strengths and weaknesses in drafting our team compositions.
5: Yeah, because when you play scrims, um, they're logged as custom games on their server, right? So you can't see them on, like, public match histories. So y- you can get an idea of, like, how they play as a person, but you can't get, like, a sense of their team identity, I guess, because we can't really see, like, what champions they choose to pick as a team. We can only see, like, what they play when they play alone.
4: All right. And so in your role as coaches, are you uh, maybe leaders in this game prep? Are you talking strategy most of the time? Or what is your relationship between yourself and the
5: players? I think largely we talk a lot about strategy first. Um, oftentimes we discuss strategy amongst ourselves and then um, spread it out with the players. Um, I think a lot of times we're just trying to make sure that the players are like on form like mentally for the day and just making sure that like, they feel confident and they feel um, prepared to play
6: um yeah and uh, i guess in a given state of things we un- we generally have a good understanding of what our players bring to the table uh we understand their general strengths their weaknesses uh what champions they're best at playing and so when we try to we try to also uh, make sure that everyone's at the end of the day having fun with what they're playing we don't want to have uh this what like one person being on like uh tank duty you know he's just there to Soak up a lot of damage and not really have fun for himself. So there's a good balance of that, and we also have to make sure that um, we are getting the picks that we want if they are contested. In like, uh, for example, if one if character A is uh, prioritized by both teams, we want to make sure that character A is either denied from the enemy team and we have a counter to that, or we want it ourselves.
4: Right, and so. How long have you all been on this team, or have many of the players been on this team? Are there a lot of first years who you're just getting to know, or are there a lot of seniors who are uh, very experienced and you know their role well?
6: Um, so from my general understanding of the history of Tufts League of Legends, um, there was kind of a there there was a pretty decent scene a couple years ago. But that kind of died out. And so when we were freshmen, so uh, me and Alan are both sophomores. um, We had another friend, um, Aaron, who is the, I guess, the head of Tufts League of Legends. He was the one who decided to um, start up the organization along with Alan. And then we joined in subsequently after. So at most, everyone is on their second year. And then we have a combination of people who just realized that the club existed, as well as freshmen who just joined this year
4: nice uh i'm sure you're happy with um a playoff team in your second year and i'm wondering are there any logistical things that you as coaches uh put together it seems like it's a little difficult to get the word out um i know there's a tough gaming club is that usually where you get your information out
5: um we mostly just communicate to people through our own discord but when we do try to um like host like outside events with other schools and stuff like that um a lot of schools have their own like gaming discords or league discords so we can like hop into those and like spread a message or um a lot of us also have like connections in other schools and stuff like that so we can also it's just like person to person
6: um yeah. yeah when we're trying to grow within Tufts um we have found it uh, slightly difficult but especially with the pandemic it's a lot uh, more difficult but we try to utilize like class chats, like uh, Facebook pages to try to get the w- try to get the word out. And um, that's how a lot of our newer members have uh, joined this
4: year. Great, and let's go back to this upcoming weekend. Uh, when game time comes, it's my understanding uh, you aren't actually communicating with the players during the game. How do you correct them For that uh, and make sure they're on the same page while you're not actually there
5: yeah that's one of the biggest coaching uh, challenges of coaching in my opinion um and we try to just prep them by like just having them um play scrims and like get the feel for each other just play styles and scrims and then um usually after scrims we'll like take a look back at the game together and we can like try to point out like hey what calls were good this game what calls weren't and then each person individually can like shore up on their own um decision making in game, um,
6: I think very similar to traditional sports, we do have a captain. We have like a person who is in charge of the general shot calling. And so um we tr- we un- like obviously, um this per uh, like the captain has the best understanding of uh, how what is the correct decision in the cer- or certain moment, and they make the call, and the team follows it. and Um, if the, if the call is like atrocious, if it's not like good at all, obviously the team then will intervene, but usually they are relatively on the same page for, um, making plays in game. So, uh, we have kind of trained them to like, look out, uh, for specific situations, what to do in certain situations. And so they are, um, I guess more adapted to, um, playing without the need for us to tell them what to do.
4: All right, And before I let you go, uh, I'd love to know how's your confidence going into this uh, this playoff tournament? are you Are you feeling good? Is this the best you've been playing all year? Uh, or is there a big challenge that you're trying to get over right now?
5: Um, I think we're in a pretty decent spot. I think we can definitely take it. Um over the year or like throughout the year, we've been like increasing the difficulty of our scrims and so lately scrims have been a lot more difficult not because like we're playing worse but because we're playing against like better opponents so um i think um compared to like the difficulty we play in scrims i think these guys are totally beatable for us uh yeah i'm I'm completely confident
6: uh and uh both of our teams who are both in playoffs i'm confident in both of their abilities to go pretty far Uh, I think that uh, are the work that we have done this season as uh, they've grown a lot in terms of their general ability to play the game as well as their knowledge of the game. And so I'm very confident in how both teams look coming for the up for coming for these coming playoffs.
4: Perfect. Uh, Sounds like you have just the right amount of confidence. Alan, Brent, thank you for joining us. Uh, It was a lovely interview and good
5: luck this weekend. Yep, thanks for having us. Yeah,
6: thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Thank you very much, Henry, and that is gonna be it for us here. But Adi, the league team still has many matches to go. Where can we find them play?
1: Yeah, you can actually find them at twitch.tv slash jumbocast uh next Saturday at one PM for a best of one game, followed by a best of three game on Sunday at one PM as well. It's gonna be really exciting games. Uh hoping to start off the playoff with uh you know, a couple of dubs and, um, yeah, hope you see the guys there.
0: Yeah. Tufts and, uh, the university of Maryland, Baltimore County will be facing off in the round one matchup here in the CSL playoffs. Me and Adi will definitely be there to kind of guide you guys along the way, give you a bit of a commentary as well as this very special few couple of guests that will be showing up in the pre and post game. Make sure to tune in for that. We're really excited for the broadcast that we're going to be putting out for you guys here for the Tufts League of Legends team. And we hope you all tune in with that. That's going to be it for us here on the JumboCast podcast. We'd like to thank you all so very much for tuning in and watching and given us a listen, and we really hope that you enjoyed listening to some of the stories that uh, a lot of our players have had, and with that, that's going to be it. Have a great week.